are Bradenton, Sarasota, Tampa Bay. And now it's time for Shut up and sit down. Chance is taking pictures of everybody, and it's time to start the show. Dude, I'm like really shaggy looking at this photograph. I didn't realize how much like my beard was really grown out. Sorry yeah, no. Grizzly Adams, dude. Winter has come, and you are now burr. That's right. I can turn us down. I'm a burr. 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 I'm burr. All right. So welcome to another edition of Paraprobe. It is uh, early November. Forgot the date today, which I don't care. I think it's the 6th. Yep, 6th. Yeah. It's on the computer back. Oh, there we go. Da-da. Oh, yay. And uh, we got a couple of announcements to make. One, I'm awesome. That was it. All right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Don't want everybody to know I'm awesome. No, actually, uh, we got a couple of events that are going to be coming up in the very near future. One of them I will be pushing out right now. Uh, we're going to be having our St. Augustine event, a uh, paranormal event coming up in February, at the end of February, last weekend. Uh, it's going to be a uh, two-night event. We have a lot of cool things going to be happening. All this stuff we're going to be putting out on social media here very soon. We'll be giving actual details of everything, probably probably by next show, I believe. We'll be giving out all the details, where you can get your tickets, all the stuff going on. Um, it's, we're doing St. Augustine Lighthouse uh, for a paranormal event and investigation. However, that is not the only thing going on that night. The other two things, which are the surprising, uh, not surprising, surprises that we've added on to the event, has made this become a much bigger event than what we originally planned. Yeah, because uh, that's how it always happens. I know. We yeah. try to plan a small event, something, you know, more like our speed, and then yes. other people get involved, and boom, big event. Yeah. Uh, so that one is done deal, set in stone, and like I said, here in the next, like, week or two, we'll be putting up all the information, letting you know what the two surprises are. We may even do a couple of giveaways for tickets to the event. You know, we'll plan up a couple of contests for you guys listening to the show. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's definitely going to be a lot of fun. I am so looking forward to this event. It is going to be the, the, the crazy extra surprise things we've added on is what's going to make this so much fun. It's going to be, I know a lot of people who have done the St. Augustine Lighthouse for uh, their haunted you know event or whatever. It's not just the lighthouse. We've got a couple other things added on. Uh, plus, we even have the grounds you know, for the lighthouse. We're going to have people out there to you know, do walking tours around the, the grounds, let you know where they've had you know, their experiences. Some of these people actually you know, work for the lighthouse. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we've got a couple of other events that will be coming up in the near future. I'll be throwing those out, too. One of them is actually before February, but we're, uh, we'll let you know when that is done. We're trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit of the logistics before we start throwing everything out there. But the yeah. uh, St. Augustine event, uh, that is definitely, that's a done deal. That's that's happening. Yep. So, Well, how's your week been, bud? My week's been uh, pretty good for the most part. Finally got my Jeep back. Yay. Yay. Yeah, finally got uh, my Jeep back. Long story short, uh, my flywheel had gone out, which damaged my clutch and a few other things. So I had to get all that repaired and changed out, and it sucked. But it's all done, taken care of, and it's nice driving my Jeep around again. Well done, well done. Yeah, I got a nice, smooth clutch. Because I'm a real man, because I can drive a stick shift. Um, 
No, you're just not a millennial. A typical millennial. <laughs> yeah, if you want a car for good security, just get you a stick shift. The majority of people don't know how to drive them anyways. Yeah, I don't fine. think I've owned an automatic transmission vehicle since 2008. I got to say, though, I mean, with my Jeep and the stick shift, yes, I do love it. But at the same time, I wouldn't mind having an automatic when because you know the I four track. Oh yeah, dude, that is the worst. Yeah, that constant shifting and you know downshifting and upshifting. Oh you yeah, know, because or you're trying to like you got somebody riding up on your butt and you're like on yeah. a, a hill and like you're trying not to like. Well, like for me, like I'm I'm so used to my Jeep, I can hold it in one spot and make it start going if I'm on a hill because I've driven a stick shift since yeah. I was like fifteen. But you do that, and yeah. it always makes me nervous. Because someone yeah. will inevitably I've seen other people do it. Like yeah. get right up on your butt and it's like, dude, like and I usually like hit the yeah. throttle a little bit, rah, move uh-huh. up a little bit and of course they have to get close again because like personal space people. Like that whole six <laughs> yeah. foot distance thing, you know, social distance keep that away from me anyway. Like yeah. if you're, even if, if there's not Rona. If you're touching my muffler, you're a little too close. Yeah, right? Yeah. So uh yeah, I, I, of course. You know, my brother from another mother here, you know, he drives a stick shift, too, so he knows what I'm talking about, that constant I-4 traffic and that stop-and-go, man. The sad part is with I-4, you know, like, you hear a lot of places going, man, I hate 5 o'clock rush hour. I hate any hour on I-4. Yeah, <laughs> it no, sucks. it's terrible. Yeah, the traffic's horrible. There's always accidents, you know, because idiots, you know, following each other too close. And, like, 90% of the accidents you see are always a fender bender because they think it's fast and furious or they think they're drafting in the, you know, NASCAR. Uh, the th- difference in NASCAR is those drivers are trying to go f- faster and not stop. On I-4, it doesn't work that way because of all the traffic. They usually wind up stopping, and then they wind up slamming into them. So. Nailed it. Nailed it. Anyways, let's yeah. get into our multiple topics for today. Yes, we got multiple topics. Yeah. Uh, one of the topics we're going into today, we're breaking out of the paranormal a little bit, and today we're talking about comics. But we're talking about our favorite comic book characters in like TV shows and stuff. Yeah, because... I'm super lame and didn't read comics. Yeah, I was a nerd. I'm not going to lie, dude. I collected comics. Dude, I, I used to well, have so see, many It's comics. not nerdism anymore. It, now it's, it's so, cool. It's cool to be a nerd. Yeah. That, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles, cracker crumbles. I don't know. Oh, what yeah. I, I love a nerdy chick. I, I do. Oh, uh, yeah. Like Stephanie with the glasses and all, that was one of the things that attracted me to her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that sexy librarian thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, love a, I love a chick with a nice set of brains. So... Yeah, I thought you were going somewhere else for that. Get your mind out of the gutter. It's always in the gutter. All right, good. All right, so uh, anyways, one of my favorite comic book characters of all time, and as a matter of fact, i got to say this is my favorite comic book character over all of them, and that would be Mr. Frank Castle, the Punisher. Okay, 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 I can get on board with that. Yeah, the Punisher has been my all-time favorite comic. I, I remember there was a buddy of mine, Steve Tutton, when I was like, uh, oh, I want to say like 14, 15 years old. Yeah. He, he was the one who introduced me to like, uh, like I collected like all other kinds, like X-Men, you know, Batman, Superman, all those, Spider-Man. You know, Spider-Man was another one of my like huge favorites. I love Spider-Man's character. But, you know, he was like, dude, you got to check this out. You know, it's called The Punisher. And oh, yeah. I started checking it out and just fell in love with the comics. And uh, I, I love the thing I love about Frank Castle's character is the fact that he doesn't have superpowers. He's like Batman. He's got to rely on his brains, his wits, you know, just his physical strength that he has. And not he's some a tough superpower. dude too. He's super freaking tough, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, the guy's, you know, the guy's a former Marine, you know, spec ops and all that, and uh, he has to use his brains and a lot of guns. 
A lot of guns. <laughs> yeah. A lot. I think that's actually <laughs> so funny. I grew up in a family, obviously, that, you know, being in Florida from the South, you know, we all had guns. But I think it was him that got me more interested in guns. Not because, like, I wanted to kill people. Don't get the wrong idea here. Is this because I just thought they were cool? Yeah. You know, in the comics, you know? I was a typical rough and tumble boy growing up, you know? I wanted to get in the dirt and play army and all that good stuff. Well, I mean, see, yeah. I, I really think guns get a bad rap because, like, just from movies and from stuff like that and from just, I don't know. I, I really don't know what to call it, but, like, guns get a bad rap. You know, if yeah. you go if you go out there and be safe, unlike some people that have just recently done some stupid stuff because yeah. they weren't safe, it just, if you go out there... And you're safe about it, and you're attentive, and you pay attention. Yeah. Like, for example, um, a friend of my wife's, she wanted to learn how to shoot because she was looking to get a firearm. Mm -hmm. So I went to the range with her, and I was like, you have to be, you have to pay attention, keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to fire, you know, and just keep it, be smart. Yeah, you know, don't do anything stupid. Well, of course, nobody listens to me. So she <laughs> she uh, wound up, like, shooting the floor because she didn't have her finger off the trigger. Whoops. And <laughs> she put it down. I'm like, and this is why you pay attention. And trigger discipline. Keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. Are you ready to kill or destroy something? Yes. Period. And Keep always your treat off the it like it's loaded. Yes, you always. Know, no matter what. Always. Even if you checked it. Yeah. Even if you just checked it. You seen me do it with your firearm when I was checking your gun when yeah. I, when I first saw your Glock that you had. Yeah. I looked it over and everything. Always kept the muzzle away from everybody, finger yeah. off the trigger, and even I ejected the magazine, cleared it myself, so I physically knew it was empty. Still, with a slide back, I kept making sure the barrel was never pointing at yeah. anybody, no you, nothing. You have to. You have yeah. to pay it because if, if you stay in that mindset, you'll never be wrong. Yeah, you'll never exactly. in, unintentionally shoot I somebody. I mean, when I was in um, college, I yeah. went to college for crime scene technology yeah. that was part of the thing like handling a firearm and making sure that like it was cleared it was they brought in weapons mm -hmm. and like they literally sat us down and taught teach us gun taught teach us wow redneck they teach uh, us stuff they teach us stuff. we learned some <laughs> we learned some stuff um no they taught us gun safety right there and yeah. it was it was kind of cool because the dumb questions that you're always afraid to ask, like, you know, like, let's say you and I go out to the range. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, your military background is, like, far superior to, like, most of the gun stuff that yeah. I've ever learned. Because, yeah, I fired like, a lot of different weapons. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I wouldn't want to – I'm a man. You're a man. Testosterone, pride, blah, blah, blah. You know, you don't want to look stupid by asking stupid questions even though I don't care anymore. I just ask them. Yeah. But, like – you could ask those stupid questions about things. Absolutely. I am a firm believer. If anybody is like a novice and they're going to a gun range with someone to go shoot for the first time because you know they may not even be wanting to buy a firearm. They might be just doing it for bonding purposes with their friends. They're like, you know, look, I've never shot a gun in my life, but this sounds interesting and new. I'm going to go with you guys. Oh, yeah. If there is something that's nagging you or you have a question to ask about the firearm, ask. Yeah. I, I am a – okay. Yes, there are certain – okay, certain circumstances – where when they say there is no stupid question, yeah, there is. There is sometimes. Not with firearms. No. When it never. comes down to firearms, there is no stupid any, question. Any if weapon. you have a cure, yeah, any weapon, I don't care if it's a knife, whatever. You have a question, ask. Because the unasked question is the one that gets people hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Or gets people shot with blanks. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a firm believer that plain and simple fact is that, okay, we already know. I'm former military, you know, come from a law enforcement background, security, all that stuff, that with a firearm, for me, in my opinion, putting that out there first, this is just my opinion, all right? 
a gun is not deadly. I can take that gun and lay it on a table. It's nothing but a paperweight. It's made out of metal, carbon, you know, and a few other things. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's an inanimate object. It's not going to magically jump up and shoot a bullet and hit somebody. It's no. A, that, that's, I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. You need somebody like the Punisher behind the gun <laughs> yeah. to you take need, care of business. The individual who picks it up is the weapon. They are the weapon, not the gun. The gun facilitates the weapon, which is the person. All right? So I'm, a, I'm an active believer that if, you know, with the Second Amendment, I'm a firm believer in the Second Amendment that, I, yes, I do believe people should be allowed to own firearms. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Now, do I think every idiot on the planet needs one? No. No. I mean, let's be real here. I mean, I gotta be, I gotta be honest and always play both sides of the coin yeah. with that if I'm gonna be honest. Okay. Alright. So, with that being said, when people want to do a little bit more extensive background checks on people to ascertain a firearm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I am. No, I'm okay uh, with it. And I'm gonna interject here. I really think firearm safety should be taught in school. It should be mandatory. Like, they have dummy weapons now. I'm glad you brought that up. You're, you're, you're on the right path here. No, actually, Uh-oh. it's a very good thing you said that because it's – I, I agree with you. Put it that way. I mean, way. It's, it's, it's like a car. Yeah, because you – know, car- Nobody's afraid. Cars kill so many – cars kill more people than coronavirus, bro. Do you know how many like, guns have killed children in just one year alone? That in that situation um, – It could it, be totally preventable. It could have been totally preventable if the child knew what that gun could do. And yeah. what would fire it, and so on and, and so forth. And respect for it. Yeah, because honestly, there has been incidents where children have been at a school bus stop and found a firearm that had been tossed aside from a from a robbery, and uh, and it got overlooked. Nobody found it. The next day, when these kids were at the bus stop, they found a fully loaded nine millimeter in the grass right there at the bus stop. Jesus, you got a bunch of middle schoolers. Oh God. Yeah. Luckily, thank God. One of the kids, they had a cell phone. They actually called their parents and said, Mom, Dad, we found this gun here. You know, what do I do? Okay, the reason why I say that is because I think the parents, this is the parents' responsibility here. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you, you know what, and honestly, for people who do not want to own a firearm, I have no problem with that either. No. I don't. No. I don't have an issue with that at all. There are people out there that may have been traumatized by a gun in their lifetime or they're just scared of the gun. Or, it's your or choice whatnot. to make. Yes, like, absolutely. It, it's not my place to make you make a choice. Yeah. Because that's what America's about. We don't force choices yeah. on people. Yeah. But on the other hand, knowledge, prior knowledge, what was it? Um, It's not knowledge is power, but like prior planning prevents piss poor performance. There you go. You know, I yeah. mean, if you know how to clear a firearm, yeah. you know, drop the mag, well, remove the thing. Do, I I had you know, a thing. I had a parent. Thing. I had a parent one time tell me that they never wanted their children to learn about guns because they never wanted them to get you know accidentally killed. Okay, I'm fine with that. That's fine. You but, know. But let me finish. I'm making a point here. Yep. 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 They turn around and they said, you know, that they never wanted to have a firearm in their home. You know, that just to prevent that from ever happening. I'm okay with that. I mm-hmm. I am. I I don't think of them any less because they don't want to own a firearm. That's fine. Because realistically, if you're that uncomfortable with it, you shouldn't have it. Yeah, probably. exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yep. However, I asked them. I said, "Well, let me ask you this then: If your child went to a bus stop, you know, and found a firearm, or they're out somewhere publicly, period, and found a firearm, what did they do? What have you taught them to do? Nothing. Nothing. Not Nothing at all. Yeah." And believe it or not, it's more common than you think. It does happen a lot. We live in a weird world. Yeah. We really do. The first thing you should do is tell the child, number one, 
don't leave from where that firearm is located you just found. Keep everybody else from touching it. Mm-hmm. Have someone else around you go and get an adult. That way you can make sure that nobody touches that gun. Just say, hey, look, I'm not telling you to tell your child to beat somebody up if they're trying to touch the gun. Because, let's be fair, there's some honorary kids out there, too. Oh, yeah. If that's going to happen, then your child just needs to leave that scene immediately. I don't care if they missed the bus that day for school or what. Leave it imme- leave go immediately. Go home. You yeah. know, we're finding an adult. All right. But the first thing they need to do is, if they find that, is to stay present, keep everybody away from it, and have one of the other kids go find an adult. Or if they have a cell phone, because most kids do nowadays, even middle schoolers, call a parent, call an adult, you know, and let them call 911 and handle it. And have the adult come down there and meet Mm -hmm. them and keep everybody away from it until the police arrive. All right. And that's what they should do. Yep. Because when I asked the parent what should they do, their response was, well, they should pick it up and make sure no, you know nobody else. No, don't with touch it. it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's messing with the crime scene. Yeah, like, literally. Exactly. So You're messing with the crime been, scene. That could have been from a robbery. The fingerprints could potentially still be on it. Not likely because it's been laying in the grass. Exactly. But whatever. You know. But, but still, it, you don't want to mess with a crime scene. And uh, we had a word for EMS, so we called them the crime scene destruction crew because there you go. Their job is to come in and save a life, not yep. preserve the crime scene. And which is understandable, you know. You know? But, yeah, it's one of those situations where it's like, no, don't, no, don't. Especially if they don't know how a firearm works. Yeah. Don't touch it at all, period. All right? What we're we're boiling down to, and we've gotten way off topic here for, like, 20 minutes. No, it's only about five. Whatever. (laughs) Exposure to it and knowledge of the operation of these weapons would be more beneficial even if you don't want them around it or exposed to it. Because, honestly, I equate it to the same thing as a hot stove. you got to teach your child, don't touch a hot stove. Yeah, or else... You'll get burnt. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, trust me. It, like I said, it does happen. You can find stories about it all the time where, where this kind of stuff happens. Now, right, that being so. said, I, once again, didn't read comics, but Netflix and Disney kind of teamed up and uh, mm-hmm. went down the Punisher, Daredevil, yeah. Iron Fist rabbit hole. I was so pissed off when they stopped all that because... I was too. Dude, so you had Luke Cage, yep, which, phenomenal. Jessica Jones, you had all of them all together, you know, what was the group called again? The Defenders. The Defenders, you know. Yep. They were super dope. Mm-hmm. It was like a more down-to-earth version of Avengers. Yeah. To be completely real. Well, the, the thing I loved about it was, okay, <laughs> it's going to sound stupid. It's going to sound very... How can I put this? Uh, The point of itself is going to counter itself, okay? Okay. They made it realistic. Even though it's comic book characters, some of it mystical, but the way they made the characters evolve and how, like, they reacted with stuff happening in the city and things around them made it more realistic. Like, if if these characters were real, if they were in our actual reality, that's the thing I loved about it, like, their storylines and how they, like... You know, tried to hide their powers from the public and everything else. Uh, Frank Castle being on the run from the law. Oh, yeah. You know, it was very, they made it very much like if these characters were real people and this is really what they did and their powers and whatnot, they made it, to me, they made it seem very real. Put it on yeah. a, re- a real playing field. Yeah, and I felt like that made it more relatable. Like, yeah. I was more into that than I was, and this, this, this is terrible to admit, but like Marvel, like mm-hmm. the, the big Marvel, because I think they're both Marvel. Yes, but like um the like the headliners like you know mm-hmm. except for Iron Man, Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy, 
because like I love space and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And Iron Man, he's just a jerk. He's sarcastically funny. I love it. Yeah, I love it yeah. too. Robert Downey Jr. nailed it as yeah, Iron Man. Absolutely. He, I, was I made, there, he was made for that role. Like when people talk about, say, doing a reboot of a film, like you know, some of the older films are yeah. doing reboots, this, that, and the other, and they try to, you know, people try to pick the the right people to play those characters, right? Like Robert Downey Jr. Like when I saw the first Iron Man, I was like, because to be honest, at first I was like, well, he is a really good actor. Yeah. You know, I I, I love Robert Downey Jr.'s work, and I'm like. And I knew he could definitely be sarcastic from a lot of his characters from before these played in films. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, so th- this this might work. But then after I seen Iron Man, I'm like, nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. You, you that, could not find a better Iron Man. That was the only way that they could have made that franchise take off like it did. Oh, absolutely. You know? They, I, yeah. I mean, they're, they're going downhill. I mean, I don't know. See, the whole downhill stroke of, like, the Marvel Universe right now. Well, like, right I, now, with the not, uh, Eternals is doing horribly. It's tanking it, hardcore. People are bashing that movie left and right. Yeah. Matter so, of fact, our boy Anthony. Anthony hit me up. <laughs> All I got was one singular message from him. And it just said, watched, Eternal, uh, watched Eternals, horrible. That's all he sent me. Oh, man. Yeah. And yeah. he knows him and I got, like, the same baseline for, you know, the movies we like. Yeah. So I'm like, great. At least he gave me a heads up, you know, before I watch it. So. Well, I mean, it started going downhill with, like, Captain Marvel. Like, I, I was lost for half of Captain Marvel. Like, I got I got some of the things they were putting out there. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, okay, what – it didn't dawn till like, almost the end of the movie why it – why she was necessary? Why are you necessary? Why are you there? Why why did they bring you into the fold? Like yeah. So so like it was obvious why Tony was there. Yeah. It was obvious why Captain America was there. Black Widow. It was way obvious why she was there. Yes. You know because you can't mess with which and and for my failure on this part, uh-huh. I have not watched Black Widow yet. <gasps> I fully intend to. Tragic. Yes. 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 I know. I know. It, it, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's. It's 50-50. It really is. It's going to be either you, you like it or you don't. Yeah. Like, there's some films that I, like Iron Man, prime example, where I could just, I don't care if you've never seen a Marvel movie before of any kind. You you're, not like even, you're not even into superhero movies. I could be like, watch Iron Man. Yeah. You'll love it. It's funny as hell. You'll yeah. love it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's like, there's certain movies that can pull that off. Yeah. And, and not just certain movies, but certain actors that can pull that off. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. um, Ricky Gervais. Yes, I Shaun love of the Dead. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. That was oh my that God. was my first exposure to it, and my mom could definitely attest to this because like that was our like favorite movie for God knows how long. It was our favorite movie for so long that like I bought her the DVD of it. Like it, the, it, that like movie I've always was liked, so freaking hilarious, and I don't even like zombie movies. Well, I, I've I do, always I liked Simon Pegg. Period. Yeah, I, I like him as an actor, and then when I saw that oh him he, as Scotty, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, awesome. We'll yeah. get into that. In, we'll get into in that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when I, but when uh, <laughs> Shaun the Dead came out and I saw the previews, I was like, okay, this looks pretty good. Yeah, you know, because the thing that I loved about uh, Simon Pegg's uh, version of Shaun the Dead that he created is that he made the zombies like the George Romero style, and yeah. that's I love the. Okay, man, we're gonna get in that big debate too right oh, now. God. This is gonna be an ADD show today, big time. We're good with that. Oh yeah. All right. So with zombie movies, pause. We had a plan. We're just deviating from that plan. Yes, yes, yeah. We're just deviating a little bit here. Okay, with the the zombie movies, I hate. I'm not gonna lie. I I don't care who likes this opinion or not. Everybody knows I don't care. I hate the zombies that can run when they turn around. You know, because people are like, "Oh, it makes it scarier." To me, it's like, no. It, to me, it seems like you're dealing with like the movie The Crazies. 
All right. Have you ever seen that one? No. Where the town got infected by this uh, stuff in the water, and they started going insane. I've and seen killing 28 people. Days and 28 Weeks Later. Okay. Well, yeah. That, there that, you go. Now, dude. granted, those are good movies. Now, mm-hmm. I will admit, yes, I do love 28 Days Later. Yeah. I, I like that movie. All right. But, however, I never really liked the zombies running thing. To me, because I've always grown, like I grew up with Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, yeah. you know, Day of the they're Dead. They're slow moving. Yeah, but they're, they're, they, they get you in packs. It's yeah. not their, their speed. It's just so many of them, you can't outrun them. Yeah. And to me, that made it scarier because it made your death slower mm-hmm. because you're just being surrounded and you have nowhere to run. It's like being in the water and all of a sudden you see the dorsal fin pop up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, you did you get that thing on Instagram I sent you? Yes. Yes, yeah. I did. Oh, yep. dude. Oh, that was good. Um, but no, I like the way Resident Evil went with it. So yeah. you have your slow-moving zombies, but over time they kind of evolve because they are, you know, subjects of scientific experimentation. Yes. And so, they and, change. But in that movie it makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it fits the storyline of Resident Evil, so it makes sense. But, but it, like it the, makes them terrifying because all of a sudden you have the slow-moving zombie and their head splits open and another mouth pops out and all of a sudden they're a little bit freaking faster. Well, <laughs> like with the movie Dawn of the Dead, the reboot. And, you know, and they showed the people in the mall, and they showed the zombies running down the street and attacking them and all that. But to me, it just was like, it, it's more like you're running from a riot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They just happen to eat you when they catch you, not beat you up. Fair. You know? And so, to me, it just kind of took that away. I, I like, uh, you know, like I said, with the with the original Dawn of the Dead, you know, because I loved George Romero films when I was growing up big time. Um Next to Jaws, you know, which you know, Jaws is my all-time favorite movie. Yep, that's why I send you shark videos. Yep, the George Romero movies are my next-in-line favorite. Gotcha. The only remake of a zombie film that I did like was the 1990, I think it was 2 or 96 version of Night of the Living Dead. Because they made the zombies slow walking in that movie, yeah. too. I can't... See, I saw so many of them in the 90s that I can't remember which all ones I saw. That was the one that starred uh, Tony Todd. And uh, basically what it is is... It's the premise of like the original Night of the Living Dead, where the girl's brother gets killed at the graveyard. She goes running, winds up at this house that's abandoned. More people show up, and they wind up, you know, holding up in this home, and it starts getting surrounded by all these zombies. Nope. <gasps> yep. Oh, I'm you are a traitor to America. I am. I'm you really trouble. are. I am really in trouble now. Oh yes, you are. Your homework for the rest of the weekend is you got to look up the find the George Romero films, Night of the Living Dead, the original, 1968. Watch the remake from the 90s, and you got to watch Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead from 78 and Day of the Dead from 85. It's sad I even know the years because they're my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, there, was, there was one remake, the one with the mall. Um, yeah, that was Dawn of the Dead. The, okay. the remake that they did of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. The original Dawn of the Dead took place at the mall, too. Yeah. Um, Tom Savini starred in it. Uh, or not starred in it. Let me rephrase that. He played one of the, the bikers that was attacking the mall and all that and trying to take over and everything. He's the guy who did all the special effects in the movie for all the zombie stuff. Nice. Yeah. And uh, it's so funny. There's a lot of movies where he does the special effects, and he also plays a role in it, too. Somewhere in the film, you'll see him. But in Dawn of the Dead, the remake, you see him, too. Really? Yep, yep. And and the remake, he plays. Uh, I think it was a chief of police, or he was a he was a cop guy. I know yeah. that. But yeah, he was like one of the people on on the TV going, "Yeah, the only way to get rid of him is you got to put him down, got to put a bullet in her head, you know, and blah blah blah." So like that that was his small little cameo shot in the movie, you know. So yeah, I, I love Tom. That's Spain. really cool. They did that though. Yeah, I I love when they do stuff like that. Like um, uh, there's a couple of cameos we can talk about here in the next few minutes or whatever, but uh. I like when they like do a reboot and they take a character from like the original part of it. Yes. And put it in the reboot. I heard 
that they were making a sequel to Day of the Dead, the 1985 version. Not this, there's another one they did, Day of the Dead, Bloodline, or something like that, and that movie was stupid. What's, what's the one with Bruce Campbell in it? Uh, that was Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah. I like Bruce Campbell. Yeah, Bruce Campbell's cool. Yeah. Yeah, he rocks. Yep, Ash. So, yes. Yes. And plus, he played in the Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. You know, he did his little cameo shots here and there. Oh, dude. I loved it. And every one, he played a different character, you know, a little cameo that he did that I thought was hilarious. The first one, he was the manager, or not manager, but the ringmaster for the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and part two, oh, God, what was he in part two? There was another... Oh, uh, he played a, I, I can't remember if this in two or three of the Tommy McGuire Spider-Man movies, but it was the one where he played, uh, uh, he, he, okay, Peter Parker went to go see MJ on stage at her performance, and he played the uh, usher, mm-hmm. and just kept messing with him, you know, to not let him in, and it yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what he was really, really, really good in? Hmm. Burn Notice. Burn Notice, yes. yes. I love, I love that, show. that show. Yep. Like, that whole error. Error, era of TV. <laughs> wow, that's an error saying error instead of error. Yeah, that's why. Ta-da. Um, words. Words. But like that whole time of like TV was just super cool because you had burn notice, you had suits, then you had bones, yep. you had like the finer, which regrettably was only one season. Which yep. like I'm literally buying that. Have you started watching The Rookie yet with Nathan Fillion? No. God, you are so grounded, dude. I, look, I just I just finished another show, and now I'm in a show hole again. Which I I okay I I know there's only I so many hate, hours in a day, and you're like me, you're always busy. I hate 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 hate. Stop doing it. Cliffhanger, like season finales. I hate it. I, really <laughs> I do, do too. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I get I do so too. mad, and that's why I, like I don't watch things until I can binge them. I'm an avid watcher like, oh. of two series, which now the series is done. They're not doing another, you know, another season of it. They finally finished it out. It was Lucifer? Lucifer was like my all-time favorite TV show. Yeah, I, I loved you know Tom Ellis and 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 you know all the characters in the show. Um, you know, uh, DB Woodside, everybody. I mean, everybody did such phenomenal. You know, jobs that their characters, and you get to see their arc, you know, throughout all the different seasons, you know, to become to where and they I'm are sure now. And I'm sure they worked really well together, which makes yes. a difference. Yeah, and that is, I mean, like, it, they all, they're always showing, like, behind-the-scenes stuff they're doing. They're always playing around, having fun. You know, yeah. And I could imagine uh, doing a show like that. But the thing I loved about it, too, was that was, going back to superheroes, with Lucifer is a DC comic yes. TV show. Yep. Which so when they I did about, the, I about lost it when, first of all, Constantine showed up in um uh and the, the crisis yeah yep and then he goes and goes to Lucifer like in the middle of it and I'm like yep. what yep. I, I literally I love lost it when they it. show Tom Welling you know reprising his role as Clark yeah you know uh and of course you know having Brandon Ralph who reprised his role as Superman which I thought was awesome too super cool uh, it was so funny uh uh Hecklin, I forgot his first name the the guy that plays Superman now on Superman yeah. and Lois yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that. Uh, which I like him too. He's a great actor. You know, he's he's got good comedic timing. He did. He was great in the series uh, Teen Wolf too. Also, um, not Teen Wolf two. I'm just saying Teen Wolf as well. Yeah, as well. There you go. But uh, it was so funny. There was an interview where they're talking about them when they were comparing. You know, this is one of the original Superman from the Superman films. You yeah. know, and uh, and Heckman was like, Yeah, I got to film a Superman today. You know, Brandon Ralph. You know, back in the Superman costume. And he goes. I forgot how big he is because <laughs> he was big. I mean, he's a oh, big yeah. guy. He's like six four. Oh yeah. You know. Well, you and, can't. 
see, and that's something that they're like going a little off with, except for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man was always kind of lanky and wiggly and whatever. Yeah. But like, you can't have a superhero that's not a big dude. Like freaking um Jason Momoa. Yes. Aquaman. Yeah. That made Aquaman cool again. Exactly. Like, yes. All the times in comics, let's be real, man. Aquaman was always the guy that everybody oh, yeah. made fun we of. We made fun of him. Everybody made Hardcore. fun of Aquaman. I now, didn't even read comics. I made fun of him. Yeah. Now you can't do it. Now you're like, no, he's actually kind of. No, he might be my cool. butt. Yeah. Well, and then on top of that, like, so Dune, which I finally yeah. watched, which they did it. If you read the books, they did a great job. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, it would be a little hard to follow. I gotcha. But, okay. like, they did a phenomenal job. And now he's one of the most beloved characters in the entire series, Duncan Idaho. Really? Which, because Duncan Idaho is more, like, in the books, he's more, like, of a feline. Like, yeah. he, he's wiry. Yeah. You know? He's built, but he's wiry. I wasn't sure if Jason Moe would be able to. Dude, that man pulled it off. Off. Yeah. Off, off, off. Like, yeah. so good. Jason Momoa, period, he's just a good-looking guy. He's funny. He's down to earth. Yeah. You know, he's he's a good actor. I'd get a beer you know. with him. Yeah, I, I'd sleep with him. I mean, I'd get a beer with him. You know, um, <laughs> let's be real. Every guy out there would turn gay for Jason Momoa. Let's be real. Mm. Okay. Well, at least maybe like Chris Evans. Come on, he's Captain America, dude. I love America. But How about Ryan Reynolds? No. You wouldn't go gay for any of them. No. Liar. <laughs> no, no. All right. I might smack a couple butts, but. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, too. One of some of my favorite, like, characters in the comics. I'm not saying there's other ones that I don't like. Like, yeah. Ryan Reynolds is, okay, talk yeah. about the people who yes. were the Ryan perfect Reynolds people made for, for the character. Yes. yes. Made for Deadpool. Dude, Green him, Lantern, not so much. Him and Deadpool, freaking yes. Blade Trinity. Yes. That's Hannibal Smith. Him yes. in there. That was Deadpool in that movie. That was nobody else. That was Deadpool in that. That movie. was that was Deadpool on Xanax. He yeah. just calmed down just a hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they, they brought him down a few triggers. But that was Deadpool. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Like that's when I was just like, oh my god, this guy would be so good as Deadpool. And then turns out, boom, Deadpool. You know what's so funny is, okay, you remember how they were talking about with Ryan Reynolds how he said how the movie actually got made was that they did this, you know, little, you know, piece that they had created that they filmed, and then it accidentally got released to the Internet, and literally there was such a push for it that within 24 hours, uh, I believe, God, I can't remember which uh, which movie company uh, did it, but uh, I, I don't know, I, I, either way, the movie industry that they created, the brand, or the brand that, you know, made the Deadpool movie, within 24 hours had contacted him and greenlit the film. Wow. Within 24 hours of being released. It had so many views and so many comments and so many people going, make this movie, make this movie, that they're like, okay, now we got to make it. We got to make yeah. it. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds, uh, when I first saw it, I kid you not, I thought there was a fan-made thing, and somehow they dubbed over his voice. Yeah. I didn't know this was actually Ryan Reynolds going to be portraying Deadpool. I thought he was just BSing. I literally thought for like two or three years, because it took a while for him to make the movie, I thought yeah. he was... I thought he was BSing and messing with them because he did play Deadpool. Yes. You know? He played Deadpool in the uh, or, uh, Wolverine Origins. Yeah. Yeah, where he was Deadpool, but that Deadpool character was f- horrible. It, it, horrible. It was stupid. Not even they, remotely close they to They tore character. him up. It, yeah, was, yeah. it was terrible. Yeah. But, like, I thought he was messing with him, like, hey, this is what my character should have been. This is what my character should I thought the whole time that he was messing with him, and then, like, come to find out, like, the whole background, what actually happened. Yeah. I'm like... 
That's pretty cool. Well, yeah, because apparently, uh, you know, allegedly, anyways, they, you know, he had read the comics because of portraying it in the Wolverine movie. Yeah. And wanted to get really familiarized with Deadpool's character. And he's like, this is nothing like the comics, nothing like Deadpool exactly. at all. You know? And he knew that he could do a better version. Yep. He's like, I can make a Deadpool movie. Yep. I could be Deadpool. And he proved it. He, he nailed the character completely. Oh, yeah. That is another one of those people that right place for the right position. There's nobody who could have done better as Deadpool. I firmly believe that. Yep. Well, transitioning over to my world. Star Wars and Star Trek. Nobody could have played Luke Skywalker like Mark Hamill. Changed my mind. I can't argue with you on that one. Uh-huh. No, I can't. I can't think of anybody who could have even even been a better Mark Hamill. Now, the only thing I am scared of right now is them rebooting the franchise. Is the only thing I'm scared of. Okay, all the prequels that they had done, and like you know, uh, and other stuff. Like even even the trilogy that they did after from Return of the Jedi yeah, the that they've done. Yeah. They've talked about going back and redoing the movies. Because a lot of people harped on it saying, man, it doesn't follow this line, it no. doesn't follow that line, it, blah, it, blah, blah. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. And they had to write, they literally, so, I hate this. But, look, I've been a Star Wars fan forever. Oh, yeah. Star Wars, Star Trek. i seen Star Wars when yeah. it came out in the theaters, originally. Wow. Yes, my father took me to go see it. Dang. I didn't. I wasn't born yet. Um, <laughs> but, so, I like the characters. Mm-hmm. I like the actors. They played their roles well. All of them played their roles well. I have nothing against the actors. I don't have anything against it because as soon as you say something against the sequel trilogy, you're dubbed like racist or sexist or something like that. We needed a strong female lead. You know, we had Leia. Mm-hmm. But Leia's old. We yep. need a new strong female lead. You had Finn as a strong male lead. Adam Driver was excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, the one chick that like was crushing hardcore on Finn. What was her name? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, Rose, I think. Yeah. I think her name was Rose. Yeah. I mean, she played her part well. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, she just lost her sister. She, you know, I, I've seen people be like that firsthand. You yeah, know, it was very. It was very realistic, mm-hmm. you know, but the writers and the lack of plan, which they have admitted that there was a lot, no yes. plan. Yes, That's and stupid. And that's what it falls down to. <laughs> uh, with the with the sequels that they created, you know, with that trilogy of sequels, and a lot of people's opinion was it wasn't the actors. Everybody needs to get off that. They're not saying the actors sucked. It was the writing. Yeah. The writing screwed the up. The writing was terrible. Like, it, so, the first one, I had high hopes. You know, J.J. Abrams came in. You you got your little, like, flair and stuff that he always puts in his space movies and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? He did justice to Star Trek. I he think re- he did. Uh, the reboot of Star Trek, I actually it enjoyed it. Phenomenal. I like all the movies. Yeah, yeah. and I don't mess with it. You know, like, I'm I'm one of those people, like, do it justice if you're going to reboot it. Don't, yeah. don't Don't twist it and change it and tear it up, you know, like... I mean, you can change some things, but still do it justice. Well, see, here's the problem. You take these movies you want to reboot, and everybody wants to put the the newer spin on it. You know, and, and to be honest, I mean, we're going to be dead honest right now, right here on the show. Oh. They'll want to throw in diversity. Okay, that you know? that can still work though. Yes, absolutely. I mean, dude. But but let me finish. Aww. You know, swap genders for different characters. Yeah. You know, it can still work. That can work too. 
You the, just have to do it right and plan it. You got, exactly. You got you to plan it right it because through. the problem is that where most of the people who grew up with these films back in the younger days, prime example, Ghostbusters. Prime example. The reason why that reboot failed is because they didn't think it through. What, no, because they went. They said it was an alternate universe and a different Ghostbusters. It had nothing to do with the original. Oh. And so what, really? Yeah, when they had the all female lead, everybody was like. The movie failed because there's so many people out there are just misogynistic. No, because the people who watched those films and fell in love with them, it was the nostalgia that you guys threw away. Yeah. You well, took the if they, they would have made they had some funny people in there. They had oh, some great comedians. I like the movie, don't get me wrong. If I watched the movie, I like the movie. But would I would I even put that in the same universe with the original Ghostbusters? No. Absolutely no, no. not. That's why they're making Afterlife. Exactly. Afterlife is an actual sequel. Yeah. And that's why I think they if they would have done and this is my opinion now, okay? Uh, my opinion. I'm no movie out. critic, but then again, most movie critics aren't really critics either. They're just people who just throw their opinion out there. Mm-hmm. Then let's be real, it's true. Yep. I mean, I've seen people who bash the Godfather and look how big of a film that is. You know, yeah, because these really? people are idiots. Oh, absolutely. God. All right, so too iconic. What happened was, in my opinion, I think if they would have taken all the females in that film and made them the daughters of the original oh, yeah. team, and like, let's say some big ghost thing is this, which is kind of happening with Afterlife. That's what they're doing with Ghostbusters Afterlife. No, where, don't tell me. I don't want. I, I, oh, I mean, you can watch the see, uh, the previews and tell. I mean, okay. it, it's more of a, a a generational thing, bringing in you yeah. know, them to... The new generation. Yeah, to, yeah. to fight this. Which is what reboots are for exactly. anyway. So if they would have taken, like, you know, all those characters and made them, they were, like, say, the daughters of, you know, the original Ghostbusters team, and now they're opening the business and taking over, I think, at that point, the nostalgia of the people who loved the original Ghostbusters 1 and 2 would have been more accepting of the film. They yeah. said, man, this is awesome. You know, you get to see their daughters kicking butt now and yeah. blah, blah, blah. I know? mean, and... And that's why, like, I had high hopes for the sequel trilogy in Star Wars. Yeah. And, I mean, it – look, to be real with you, like, was I kind of confused when they bought, brought Palpatine back? Like, I thought Snoke was going to be, like – honestly, I thought he was going to be Darth, Darth Plagueis. You know, I thought yeah. he was going to be, like, the original villain that survived, you know, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. blah, 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 you know. We talked about it. Yep. But, like, I mean, how they ended it and some of the stuff they introduced was super cool. Mm-hmm. Was – great but just the plan yeah there was no plan yep you know now on the other hand you know they're trying to do some stuff like they did in the 80s like Mm -hmm. with um uh kirk star trek like the original star trek crew they did you know like wrath of khan you know search for spock and then save the whales but see here's like it was it was one of those things where they were trying to toss in an agenda, and if you put in, like, I'm all about saving animals. You know, yeah, we're we're very open about, you know, especially with ocean and anything dealing with yeah. the ocean, you know, ocean life, all that. Yeah, but you have to put it in correctly. Yes. Like the whole movie was basically about saving the damn whales. Yeah, and it was excellent because also during that time is when people were trying to stop all the whaling hunters oh, out yeah. there. Which it, it still has in our actual time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a big proponent to add that into the film. Well, not, so. not only that, they tried to do the same thing in what was it, The Last Jedi or something like that. But they just try to throw it in there, like you know the big deer mama yeah. things, whatever they were, you know. Which is all well and fine, mm-hmm. but like you can't just toss it in there as an afterthought. You know, everything in a lot of the movies that were like, you know, you can tell that it was just like, oh, let's throw this in there. 
Yeah. Let's throw that in there. Let's throw this in there. You yeah. know, you know, like the Force Dyad in Star Wars, mm-hmm. where like you did this on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hate you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Force Dyad between Ray and um, uh, Kylo. Mm-hmm. You know that that whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like it was built upon throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff surrounding it doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, you know, it's like okay, so like the Death Star didn't explode. It's on a planet now, and Palpatine didn't die. He's alive now. Like yeah, that like no, 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 no. Yeah, and you've heard the other theory thrown out there about Luke's hand when it got cut off. Is a part of what created Snoke? No. Just Google it. I'm going to let you go down your own rabbit hole. Oh, God. Yes. I'm screwed. It's a big fan theory that some people who helped with creating the actual making the films said, you're actually right. I I can almost believe it. because Well, they had, like, these uh, clone tanks in the background when they were doing the thing. You're going down the right path about Luke's hand. No, I I kind of, like, got that. Like, but... Okay. Still now. So, talking about the... That thing is lost. I mean, that that thing rotted. Yeah. Like, first of all, we never... I wish y'all could see me right now. I can't even think straight. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, um, so, first of all, we never figured out, found out how, you know, Anakin's original lightsaber... It's Anakin's lightsaber. He made it. It's Anakin's. Yes. I don't care. I don't care. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. We don't, we don't understand. We never found out how that was gotten. You know, how uh, the short alien chick, like, got it. Okay. No, Nobody ever... How that happen? Yeah. yeah. Also, never found out what Finn had to tell Ray in the last movie. Yep. He's like, I got something to tell you. I got something to tell you. They end the movie. What the hell did you need to tell her? Come on. You like, had to go to the bathroom. Right? Yeah. I mean... So, but here's my thing, though. Reboot of Star Trek. <laughs> All right. When they rebooted that film, I remember sitting in the theater. As a matter of fact, I was in the theater, I think, watching Iron Man, I think, mm-hmm. when it was in the theaters. And I, I don't remember what it was. a big film. I just don't remember which one it was now off the top of my head. But all of a sudden, you hear that famous, you know, that that sound effect, oh, of, like yeah. the beeping in space that they do in Star yes, Trek. Yes, And then all of a sudden, it makes the transporter sound. And then all of a sudden, you see the emblem for, you know, the uh, for the Federation show up. And then all of a sudden it says Star Trek coming, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. Dude, I was pumped. Everything about J.J. Abrams has never, I I don't want to say has never, but he did that so well. Every bit of it. Every freaking bit of it. Like the timeline, the bringing Leonard Nimoy from, you know, the parallel universe. Yes. Down to the freaking music. Yes. The music. But the thing was that I loved about the movie was... Let's be fair. Like I was talking about earlier, the nostalgia. Yeah. They did a reboot, but they did it with the original characters, not the actors who played them, but the original characters. Yes. Like if you decided to do a reboot of Ghostbusters now to make it more modernized, more up to date in time now. Okay. As long as you at least make it where it's Peter Vinkman, Ray Stans, you know, Egon and Winston, you know, I don't care who. I mean, okay. Right now, if I was to reboot a Ghostbusters movie, I'm gonna make. Like Ghostbusters part duh, all right? Duh. Yeah. And I want to make it a younger, obviously, Peter Vinkman and all them, you know, because yeah. I'm reprising the, the franchise. Okay. 
here's my choice of characters or people to play the characters. Okay. Winston, Kevin Hart. Yes. He would be perfect as Winston. He's hilarious. hilarious. Yes. It would make... Okay, now imagine this dynamic in this film. Peter Vinkman, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, my God. Perfect. Oh, my God. Nail it. All right. Ray. Ray's got to be a little bit... Serious, but a little like, bit serious, but but has that comedic timing, you know, yeah. because he is kind of like funny with you know with Peter in the in the films, yeah. right? Got his sense of humor too, but he's the the goofball. All yeah, right? he's the goofball, and he's kind of naive. Uh huh. Unfortunately, they're already using him now for Ghostbusters. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd would have been Fair. perfect for Ray. Yeah. All right. What about Egon? Yeah, come on, hit me. You're gonna flip. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. Nope. Ah. Oh. Who is somebody you could think of who is tall, thin, and plays a very, very, very intelligent person, but has comedic timing? Tall, thin, intelligent person. Starred in one of the most famous com or comedic or comic TV shows. House. Think of Big Bang Theory. Sheldon. There you go. Oh my God. As that Egon. Dude, that is yes, absolutely yes. You put that group together. You give me the money. I know people, we can put it together and shoot that movie. It will be a blockbuster hit, guaranteed. That will be another franchise I could turn into a trilogy, I promise you. Dude, that'd be crazy. Now that... Okay. Uh, now that you've blown my mind to smithereens, like, I can't <laughs> even think now. Just, so, back on kind of, like, the gender swapping thing, mm-hmm. they did this in Dune. Did they? Yeah, so, the ecologist in Dune mm-hmm. is supposed to be... So, basically, background for anybody that cares. Um, they're on a desert planet, and basically, um, the people on the desert planet were modeled after, like, the Middle East. Yeah. Um, and the culture and some of the customs and stuff like that were modeled after the Middle East. Okay. You know, because desert. Ta-da. Yeah. Um, the actress that played Liette Kynes, the ecologist who was, you know, from that planet. Mm-hmm. But she's working for the emperor, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Originally, in the thing, in the, like, books and everything, it was a dude from the planet. Mm-hmm. Because, like, obviously, you know, Muslim, you know, countries like that. Okay. Men, blah, blah, blah. They gender swapped her and still pulled it off. Mm-hmm. It was still so good and yeah. still so seamless. Like, okay, that is still the same character. Like, you can do it. Yeah. You just got to do it. Exactly. If you're going to do it, just at least do it right is all we ask. Don't do it for the sake of we're trying to be progressive. Yeah. And and honestly, I'm sharing my true opinions right now. Okay. Don't gender swap, you know, make them gay, make them a a different ethnicity or whatever. Just for the the sake of just wanting to be progressive. Like you just said the word. If you're going to do it, at least have a plan. At least make that fit the scheme of the story in the movie. You know, and like the original. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because once you start doing all of that, to throw it in just for the sake of being progressive, with a lot of these older films that are being rebooted into franchises, you take away the nostalgia. And the, Because here's the thing. Nostalgia is what sells it. Here's the thing. Take any movie that has been redone, and they did a whole revamp of the film for the reboot. Yeah. Every one of them have crashed. Every single one of them. The Ghostbusters with the four girls tanked. Big time. Everybody hated the movie. Well, not everybody, but yeah. a, a good majority of people. Yeah. And here's the thing. 
where people were missing the point. They were going, "Oh, this can be awesome," you know. Uh, you know, they're they're doing it right because they're being progressive. And I'm I'm literally because I'm the guy who actually reads the comments, unlike other people. Oh God. They they look at likes and they're like, "Well, forty two thousand people liked it." Yeah, but over a hundred thousand people actually looked at it, read the comments. <laughs> so yeah. you start reading the comments, and like ninety nine percent of the people were bashing the movie, going, "You guys just destroyed the name of Ghostbusters." Because they made it a different universe, they made it totally different the way they did it, you know. And don't, like I said, don't get me wrong, standalone film. If the original Ghostbusters had never existed, I thought it was a good movie. I thought yeah. it was funny. They had great actresses, you know. But you can't build on something and then change everything about it. Yeah, yeah. They you literally, know? you know, they, the only thing that they did for nostalgia was they threw in a couple of cameos from like Bill Murray and people like that. But they weren't even playing their characters from Ghostbusters. No, they were like you know they were playing just like just cameo appearances, well, like a cab driver and stuff. Take the Star Trek reboot; they did it justice, but they went and they explained it in the movie that mm-hmm. it was a parallel universe. So the timeline was thrown off by this specific exactly. event. Yes. So they kind of have different personalities. Like, in what world would Uhura and Spock be together? Like, yes, they, exactly. They changed that hardcore. Like Mr. Spock. Sulu. Even okay, uh, I got to just brain farting, uh, farted on his name. The guy who plays Sulu, uh, yeah, the, the not the new movie, but the original, yeah, um, um, George, uh, uh, George Takai, yeah, right. there you go. Even he said his character, Mr. Sulu, was not gay in the TV series, yeah, because you go back, you look, he, you know, his, like a certain, there were certain, uh, yeah, he episodes, had a family, yeah, where you know he was with women and such, all right, and then in the new movie, they made his character gay, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. I don't have an issue with that at all. Didn't even notice it. Yeah, didn't seriously didn't even notice it. Yeah. You know, because it, to me it's just not that important. No, you know what I mean? It's not. But it was but because they, it right. they stayed along. They planned it and did it right and on he, the timeline. He was still Sulu. Yes, he was still Sulu, Mister Sulu. Yeah. Yes, you had Scotty. You had oh Chekhov. You had Yohura. Simon Pegg was so freaking good. It's so funny a, that role. Yeah, a guy who's from like London or Essex or wherever he's from, who's now speaking with a Scottish accent. He pulled it off perfect. Perfect. I thought yeah. he was Scottish. Yeah. I legit thought he. Isn't he Scottish? No. 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 We're, we're, we're googling. <laughs> he's not we got Scottish, a few minutes. Dude. We're gonna look this up. Go no, ahead. I don't believe you. That's you don't lie. remember Shaun of the Dead? Them talking with an English accent. Yeah, but Scottish people can do that. In every movie he's been in, he speaks with a Scottish accent. I mean, sorry, English accent. I hate you. Stop being right. Go away. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> but but that just shows the that just shows how well of an actor he is. That to me, yeah, because I do have Scottish friends and stuff too. That yeah. he pulled off a perfect it Scottish perfect. accent. Yeah. It, it was seamless. Like yeah. I mean, I some of I love talking to Scottish people. I do too. I. I love drinking with Scottish people. I love accents. I love people with accents. I love people that oh, yeah. have like Australian accents. Um, eh. yeah. English, okay. British accents. Is somebody calling? Could be. Go ahead and answer if you want. I don't know how it works. Oh, okay. British accents right, sometimes. Okay. Keep I'll keep talking. British accents to me can be really great in comedic films because. I don't know what it is, but especially proven with Tom Ellis as Lucifer. British accents can make it much more comedic and sarcastic sounding when it's a British accent. Because originally in the... you got to be freaking kidding me. What's that? I just got faked out by like a fake computer telemarketer thing. Oh, I should have put it on air. It's like, hello, is Edith there? I'm like, this is a radio station. 
Well, hi, I'm blah, 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 some politician or something. Ugh. Oh, you should have put it on air, uh, dude. I know. We could have had fun with it. All right, anyways. It, yeah, from now on, that happens, throw it on air. All right, so, anyways, I was talking about British accents that work very well in comedies because British accents come off very snarky and sarcastic sounding, even when not trying, that it makes it that much funnier. Yep. And I'll give you an example. Lucifer, the TV show, he is British. He has a British accent in real life. Okay. When they first were, you know, trying him out for the film, they tried to get him, or the TV show, they tried to get him to speak with an English, you know, as American accent, right? And which he can do. I mean, hence yeah. when he played his, his twin brother, he had an, an American accent, right? Okay. But everybody was saying when he was doing the lines with his normal speaking voice, it was just so much funnier. Yeah. His lines had that much more of a punch. Well, and also it, it has more of that because when you think Lucifer and all that, you're thinking old world. You're yeah. thinking like dawn of time. like And honestly, as Americans, when we think old world, we think of – England. Yes. You know, we're, we're not thinking of, like, Middle East or anything like that. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know, it's programmed, I guess. I don't know. I don't have an explanation. Don't care. Yeah. But, like, it gives it that old world feel. Old world feel. Yeah. But also, he has a smoothness about it. Absolutely. Like, he, so Lucifer, has a silver tongue. Another series that they picked the perfect person for the yes. role i don't think they could not have picked a better person to pay, uh, play you know lucifer what? i might have to actually else. like watch the rest of that series you have to man it, it just keeps getting better uh buddy of mine eric um he you know he you know i'm gonna say his name on air so he'll be happy i said it eric got it okay eric i got him to watch it you know and, and now the series is completed it's no longer on uh, it's all on netflix but it's no longer they're no longer filming yeah right? they have dropped it Wait, it. They dropped hints about maybe doing a Lucifer movie, which I hope they do. Did they finish it off? Did yeah. they like? Yes. Is there like an actual there's ending? There's an actual ending now. Okay, yes. good. Because I'm not watching if there's a cliffhanger. No. Screw there's that. A, no, 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 no. They, they planned it the right way when they added finally the sixth season because they originally only had three. And yeah. then the fans were like, we want more, kind of like with the whole thing that happened with Ryan Reynolds and yeah, Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah, they, they said, okay, well, we're giving them a fourth season. After that, they were like, well, we're done. And then all of a sudden, Netflix goes, no, you're not. <laughs> they pulled them over to Netflix. They want to give them a fifth. Well, see, and Netflix people didn't like how the fifth season ended. So people were like, you know, bitching about it. They finally turned around and were like, okay, let's give them one more. One so more. They gave them one more, and they finished it outright. So, yeah. If you don't agree with that, you know, I'm sorry that if you don't agree with the ending of Lucifer, but, I, you know, how they ended the series, I think it tied everything up well. They, they really did. They tied everything up yeah, well. Yeah, and, in, and in that's what I look for in the end of a series. I mean, yeah. that that's what drives me absolutely crazy. Especially I can't believe they've stopped Arrow. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Because, like, Killed Arrow... his character off and everything. Really? Yeah. Thanks for spoiling that. Oh, you don't uh, keep no, up no, with no, the flash, no, no, do no, you? No, 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 no. I do yeah, remember Infinity that. Crisis. They yeah. killed him. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Never mind. I thought, like, well, he was trapped in time or whatever with uh, that dude. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, it yeah. doesn't matter. Now he's playing some wrestler in a TV series. Really? Yeah. Uh, God, what's the name of that show? Hold on. I got to look it up now. I know it's on Netflix. Um, It's a – he plays a wrestler. Um, I have yet to get to watch it, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know what? I'm not going to waste all this time looking it up. But, anywho, he, uh, in the new series, he plays a, a wrestler that him and his brother, I guess, from my 
I'm assuming here, okay, because it's only from previews I've seen and such. I think him and his brother actually own the wrestling thing, mm-hmm. but they're always battling all the time. So, anyhow, we're out of here. Our time is up. We'll see you guys again next weekend. And uh, we might have something special going on for New Year's, and this song might fit in well with it. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good night, y'all. Later. <laughs>